Welcome to the Brodies Employment and Immigration Podcast, brought to you in association with Workbox by Brodies, our award-winning online HR and employment law resource. I'm Katie Spearman, a practice development lawyer in Brodies Employment and Immigration team, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Will Rollinson, an associate in our employment team. Will and I are going to be discussing the topic of holidays on this episode. July and August are usually peak times for employees taking a well-earned summer break, but holiday plans are likely to be looking very different this year for many employees as a result of coronavirus. Many employees will have had travel plans cancelled or rearranged, had additional care and responsibilities to work around, or they may have been unable to take their usual time off work due to the demands placed on them by the pandemic. Will and I are going to be chatting about some of these issues, as well as touching on some recent legal changes in relation to the carryover of holiday, and also discussing holiday entitlement for furloughed workers. Will, it's great to have you on today's episode to chat about what has been a tricky topic for employers. Thanks, Katie. Uh, as you say, and with the holiday season upon us, um, and lockdown being eased at the moment, and it looks like there is a real prospect of people potentially getting away on holiday now, uh, many employers are still trying to get to grips with what the legislative changes have been due to COVID-19, and also what impact that then means it has on annual leave for their staff. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an area where there has been quite a lot of change recently. So hopefully we can shed some light on, on the changes and provide a bit of clarity where we can. So perhaps if we just start with a brief recap on the basics, Will, when it comes to holiday entitlements. Yeah, sure. So all workers, regardless of their length of service, are entitled to take a minimum of 5.6 weeks paid holiday in each year. And a part-time worker is entitled to 28 days holiday, and that will be reduced pro rata according to the number of days that they work each week. That's irrespective of the number of hours they work each day. Uh, and then a worker whose employment begins partway through a leave year gets a prorated uh, statutory holiday entitlement for that year. That's helpful. So in terms of when the holiday should be taken, do employees need to take it all in the year it's due or can they carry it over? How does it work? Well, so out of the 5.6 weeks statutory leave that an employee is entitled to, normally four of those weeks have to be taken in that leave year, other than in some cases, for instance, involving sickness or maternity leave. And there's also uh, a new coronavirus amendment, which we'll come on to in a bit. Uh, the remaining 1.6 weeks of your statutory leave can only be carried forward into the next leave year if your contract allows for this. Uh, and many will also have additional contractual holiday entitlement, which is over and above the 5.6 week statutory, which I've already referred to. Uh, and again, their entitlement to carry over any contractual holiday will depend on the terms of their contract of employment. Thanks, Will. And you mentioned there just about the new coronavirus amendments. So perhaps we can chat in a bit more detail about them. They came about by amendments being made to the working time regulations back in May, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. So the working time regulations, uh, which is the piece of legislation uh, that's relevant and which governs holidays, were amended by emergency legislation, basically to enable workers to carry up to four of their 5.6 week statutory holiday entitlement into the next two leave years, uh, where they had been unable to take their leave due to the impact of coronavirus, the legal jargon being where it wasn't reasonably practicable for them to be able to take that holiday. So as you say, this ensures that they don't lose out. The change hasn't actually affected the position in relation to the remaining 1.6 weeks of your statutory leave, and this can still be carried over into the next holiday year if this is allowed under your contract. It's also important just to highlight that these amendments entitle workers to carry forward their holidays if they want to, 
but it doesn't actually give employers the right to insist on them carrying over. So that's just something to bear in mind. Yeah, that's that's a good point to be aware of. So can you explain a little bit more, Will, about the types of situations that are likely to be covered by this change? Are there set circumstances where it will apply? or? Yeah, sure. So people's individual circumstances will obviously vary. Um, but guidance issued by ACAS, which is an employment law advisory and, and conciliatory service, uh, they have provided examples such as where a worker has had to continue working and couldn't take paid holiday, or where the worker is self-isolating or is too sick to take holiday before the end of the leave year. Uh, and the government has now also issued guidance which sets out various factors to consider when you're determining what is reasonably practicable. And some of those considerations include whether your business has faced a significant increase in demand due to coronavirus that would reasonably require the worker to continue to be at work and cannot be met through you taking alternative practical measures, uh, the extent to which your workforce is disrupted by coronavirus and the practical options available to you to provide temporary cover of essential activities uh, and also the health of the worker and how soon they need to be able to take a period of rest and relaxation. Yeah, it's important that, that you're aware of the different factors to take into consideration uh, under the government guidance. Obviously, where the worker's reason for not taking their holidays unrelated to coronavirus, then the new carryover rules wouldn't apply and they would need to use the four weeks of their statutory holiday in the year it was due as normal. I'll put a link in the show notes to my blog, which covers this in a bit more detail if you want to read over the changes. And it also has a link to the government guidance as well, so you can see the full list of things to consider. I would also just mention, before we move on, that when an employee's employment terminates, they have the right to be paid in lieu of any accrued but untaken statutory holidays from the holiday year that their employment ends. And these payments must now include any part of the four-week statutory leave which the worker has carried over under the new rules. Yeah, that's an important one to to remember when employers are are doing their calculations for for the payments that employees are entitled to when their employment terminates. I would also just add that the guidance emphasises that employers should try to do everything they reasonably can do to ensure workers can take as much of their holiday as possible in the leave year in which it was due. And where this isn't possible, then they should allow them to take it at the earliest practicable opportunity. Also, employers will need to have a good reason for refusing holiday requests in relation to this carried forward holiday. It's not clear from the legislation what will amount to a good reason, so there is a bit of uncertainty there at the moment, but it's something to bear in mind. So if we now turn to holidays and furlough leave, this is also something which I know you've been helping clients with, Will, and which has been a particularly difficult area. As throughout the pandemic, there's been quite a lot of uncertainty about whether or not holidays could be taken during furlough leave and, and quite what the position was. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, It's been a tricky one for employers who have furloughed staff. As, like you say, the position has been a bit unclear. Um, so the position currently is that annual leave does continue to accrue throughout furlough leave, but furlough letters could contain an agreement that any contractual holidays over and above the 5.6 weeks statutory leave, uh, will not accrue. So it's just best to check the terms of your furlough letter for contractual holidays. Um, Employees can take holiday whilst they're on furlough, and and that won't break the period of furlough. There was a lot of uncertainty about that, um, but it's now been clarified by the government guidance. 
Thanks, Will. It's it's good to see that we do now have some clarity on, on these points. I thought it might also just be worth touching on whether employers can require workers to take leave whilst they're still furloughed, as this is something which we've been asked quite frequently and there isn't complete clarity on. So currently, government guidance suggests that you can require workers to take holiday while furloughed, provided that you give the required period of notice. Although it also mentions that employers need to be considering the restrictions the worker is under. So this could be the need to socially distance or self-isolate and whether that would prevent the worker from resting, relaxing and enjoying leisure time, which of course is the fundamental purpose of holidays. And I know lockdown restrictions have been eased and this will allow employees to, to hopefully go out and about a bit more and, and get a proper break from work. But we are also seeing regional lockdowns taking place in some areas of the country. So I think this is still a relevant consideration for employers when they're thinking of requiring workers to take holiday during furlough. Also from an employee relations perspective, the government guidance also states that employers should engage with employees and explain the reasons for wanting them to take leave during furlough before requiring them to do so. And that's a really good point, actually. Um, you want to make sure that your staff understand why it is that they may be asked to take holidays when, when they're furloughed. Uh, one thing that often comes up is that many staff who are furloughed are looking after their children at home, and they may feel that being asked to take annual leave when they can't really go anywhere is unfair, or, as you've referred to, Katie, not a chance to rest and have leisure and relaxation, which is really the purpose of their annual leave. But on the other hand, employers need to weigh that up against the fact that furloughed staff are still continuing to accrue their annual leave, and that it's unlikely for them as employers to be able to grant multiple requests for holiday at the same time if and when travel you know, restrictions ease. So if people are expecting that they might come back to work or might be able to get away on an international holiday in September and are saving up all their annual leave to do so, employers are going to have to think about how they decide who should get a holiday request and who shouldn't. And so one of the easiest things uh, to do to address that is just to write to staff and explain what your expectations are around their use of annual leave when they're on furlough. Yeah, communicating with staff, particularly those still on furlough who may be out of the loop in terms of what the arrangements are in relation to annual leave is, is just so important at the moment. And I think although employers do appreciate the difficult circumstances people are facing, ultimately they need to be ensuring that their businesses are able to operate effectively. And as much as they might like to grant everyone's holiday request, realistically, it's probably just not going to be possible as not everyone's going to be able to take holidays at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And so what we've seen um, is that many employers are writing to their staff to tell them that they are required to take a certain amount of annual leave by a certain date so that they are less likely to face multiple requests for, for annual leave uh, at once and also in a short time frame. This is particularly the case, I suppose, for people who have been on furlough and, as we say, have been accruing quite a lot of holiday. So it's better to get their agreement doing it that way than, I suppose, having to try and dictate which days are specified as annual leave by using some of the, uh, the more detailed provisions of the Working Time Directive. I think it's also worth just highlighting the importance of encouraging employees to still be taking their holidays, even if they aren't going abroad or doing what, what they usually would do particularly as working from home has made the divide between home and work life even more blurred and many employees will have been doing extra hours and finding it harder to switch off, which makes regular breaks from work even more important. 
Yeah, and I think as you mentioned earlier, you know, the point that there are gradual easing, there is a gradual easing of lockdown. People are able to do a bit more uh, round and about their local area or in their town or cities. But I think the point is that you have to be mindful um, that not taking a break obviously does increase the risk of mental health issues, particularly for people who are working. So if we're not looking at the people who are furloughed and we're thinking about people who have nevertheless been continuing to work from home remotely and I think going back to the, the point I mentioned earlier about you know people who perhaps have childcare responsibility whilst they're also trying to work remotely, that can have a real impact on your mental health very, very quickly if you don't get proper rest um, periods. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think employers can underestimate the impact that the last few months will have had on employees with all the change and uncertainty that, that they've been facing. If you're looking for some practical guidance on homeworking and mental well-being, you can listen to our previous podcast episode, which I'll put a link to in the show notes, which might be helpful. So, Will, are there any other things that you think might be helpful just to mention um, in relation to holidays? Yeah, well, I sort of touched upon it very briefly uh, a moment ago, but it might be helpful if we just sort of cover off the, the more formal uh, notice requirements for both employees to take holiday and also where the employer uh, requires employees to take holiday at a certain time. Yeah, I think that that's probably um, a good idea. Great. So workers need to make sure that they give notice in advance of taking their holidays. Uh, usually they will need to give at least twice the length of the notice as the period of the holiday they're requesting. So for example, if they want to take five days leave, they have to give their employer at least 10 calendar days notice. Uh, many employers do actually vary this rule in their employment contracts. And so contracts might say that an employee must request holidays in line with their holiday policy or procedure. And often that will involve getting uh, line manager approval, etc. Um, and, and employers can also give notice to workers that they must take holiday on specified dates. And again, an employer would need to give twice the length of the period of holiday that they're requiring the employee to take. So if an employer wants someone to take two weeks annual leave, they have to give them at least four weeks notice ahead of when that two-week leave must be taken. And again, some employment contracts might disapply these rules. Uh, they might say that you can insist on workers taking holidays at a particular time if you give a certain amount of notice, or they might set out a particular annual shutdown as well. Yeah, that's that's definitely useful to know. And also, what about refusing holiday requests? Employers might need to to be thinking about this if, for example, they receive multiple holiday requests all at the same time. That's a good point. And so employers can refuse a request for leave, provided they give as much notice as the amount of leave requested. So going back to what we said earlier, if it's two weeks notice uh, for two weeks leave is requested. Uh, again, your employment contracts might disapply the rule and instead require the individual to comply with your holiday procedure and that you can refuse requests. So I would check your contracts and what your holiday policy or procedure says as well. Um, employers can ask uh, workers to take or cancel holiday with less notice, uh, but they, they would need the workers' agreement to do so. Uh, and normally you shouldn't refuse requests if it would mean that an employee would be unable to take their full statutory annual leave entitlement in the relevant leave year. Uh, but we've already discussed entitlements, potential situations where carryover may be permitted. Uh, but wherever it is possible, uh, employers should apply a neutral criteria when um, prioritising any competing holiday requests. For example, the most straightforward might be on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, strictly speaking, someone uh, with protected rights or a protected characteristic, for example, someone who might be able to bring a discrimination claim, uh, does not get automatic preference over someone without 
But you will just want to bear in mind that the additional discrimination risk that could arise if you refuse a request to someone with a protected characteristic, for example, female employees with primary childcare responsibilities uh, who request time off over the school holidays and that sort of thing. Yeah, and also just to recap, if you want to refuse a holiday request which relates to holiday carried forward due to the effects of coronavirus that, that we were chatting about before, then, then you must have a good reason for doing so. Also remember that in this kind of situation, you don't have the right to insist on employees carrying forward such leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're both important things to bear in mind when you're thinking about holidays. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks very much, Will, for your advice and insight. If you have furloughed staff and are looking for a bit more information in relation to managing their holidays or in relation to coronavirus and holidays more generally, then you can always head over to our Workbox Coronavirus FAQ pages and I'll put a link to those in the show notes. They're available to everyone at the moment, so you don't need to be a Workbox subscriber to access them. Workbox by Brody's users can find detailed information in relation to all aspects of holiday entitlement and holiday pay, along with helpful resources and guidance on our dedicated holiday pages. To hear more about Workbox or to sign up for a free trial, click the link in the show notes.